to the KC City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Thank you, Lord. Now, you know, the J.B. Phillips version puts it this way, the Our Father that was read earlier. So we, we you know, it's a, it's, it's a prayer. So I'm starting off with this prayer already right now. And it says, and then when you pray, don't be like the play actors or the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at street corners so that people may see them at it. Now, believe me, they have had all the rewards they are going to get. But when you pray, go into your own room or go into your closet, right? Shut your door and pray to your father privately. Your father who sees all private things will reward you. Again, your father who sees all private things will reward you. Now, and when you pray, don't rattle off long prayers like the pagans who think they will be heard because they use so many words. Don't be like them. After all, God, who is your father, knows your needs before you even ask. Amen? Amen. Now, the assignment that was given to Jesus is that we pray, Father, your kingdom come on earth. That was, that was the assignment that Jesus was given, that the kingdom of God comes to earth. So it is our Savior's way of saying, just as you have welcomed the Father, the Father's rule in your hearts, now extend that kingdom rule in prayer. So point to earth's needy places and invite heaven's forces to break hell's strongholds and bring hearts home and nations into freedom. That's the responsibility we have. That's the power in this prayer. And we want to, we, we, we want to dissect this prayer a little bit more. You know, and if it takes us a few weeks, I think it's good because this is, this is the month of November. We want to look into this into an an important area that when we receive things from the Lord, there is a process, there is an approach that He gives us, and prayer is 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 a is a powerful aspect. Prayer is a fundamental discipline for us as as believers. Now we all pray. Every religion, everyone prays. So praying doesn't make you and I believers. Praying doesn't make you and I Christians, right? It is the content of prayer. Just praying alone doesn't 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 fix it. It is what are we actually really praying? So what is this? What is this? Our Father really teaching us what do we what can we gather what can we glean from the our father right so there are some, there, there are some uh, some simple thoughts that i want to remind us some of which i shared last week and i'm and i'm just going to add a couple more this week one is that the disciples above everything that they saw jesus perform asked him this one key thing lord teach us how to pray so not, you know, the, the need to walk on the water, the need to heal the cripple, the need to heal the leper, the need to, as I said, you know, turning water into wine and all of that to cast out demons and so on. That wasn't a, a, a major need for the disciples. The need was, Lord, teach us how to pray because they saw a link between his, his private prayer, his prayer time, and the power that began to exude from him or that he... he he, he, he moved around with, he moved with a particular sense of power. 
power that he had. That, that it was annoying. It was not something that he had to think, should I heal, should I not? Do you think this person is going to get healed? Would I, you know, would, would I even have faith for, for any of that to happen? No, those were not the things that he thought of. It was something that just happened naturally. It happened, as we say, you know, to be naturally supernatural and to be supernaturally natural. So Jesus displayed that he was the, he was the second Adam. He was fully human as well. Right? And he began to function in, as, as, as a human being. And he, and, he, and he moved in miracle and in power. And so the disciples saw that there was this link. And so they, so they felt, now, teach us, Lord. Teach us how to pray. Now, the second aspect is, is prayer is a, matter, is, a, is, a, is a matter of quality, not quantity. So in, in Matthew chapter 6, don't be like the unbelieving culture or what pagans would do. That is, be repetitious or insincere in a sense. Just, just pray without any sense, of inc- uh, any sense of sincerity, not actually even really thinking about what you're praying. It just becomes, you know, a habit. So I'm just going to pray that. You know, uh, bless, um, bless my wife, bless my, my, my home, bless this, bless that, and bless auntie and uncle or grandpa and grand- grandma, and that's it. And, and you go to sleep. And, and when, when the meal comes, oh, Lord, thank you for this meal. Thank you. Uh, um, we use words like, Lord, sanctify this meal. You know, and, and we say things, and it's just a prayer that we just rattle because we feel we better say it because if we don't, we might get coronavirus or we might get COVID-19 because, you know, we don't know who served us. So let's just pray. So that's being superstitious. Prayer has to be way more than that. And Jesus taught them something that was, that was significant. So is there a formula in this? Is this a particular structure that they needed to follow? And we want to look at that this morning. And the third aspect is this prayer was taught to be used primarily in this form of prayer, was, was taught primarily to be used as a personal prayer. So in other words, in our privacy, to go into your closet now, it doesn't mean that we can't pray collectively as we prayed earlier. It doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean that we can't. But if you look at the context in which this was given to the disciples, and he said that go behind closed doors, right? In other words, he was addressing an issue that was quite prevalent at that point in time in the culture that they would parade themselves and show themselves to be super spiritual, show themselves to be this you know, there's the sense of piety. And that was all part and parcel of that pharisaical lifestyle to, to portray an outward aspect. But Jesus was most interested in the attitude of the heart. He, he wanted to know what was that content inside. And so he left for us something that was significant. So don't feel that you will be heard for much speaking or that you will get God's attention if you say a whole lot more. Can you imagine sometimes, I mean, sometimes you may feel that. And sometimes I know I do feel that too. Here I pray and I want to pray a little longer because Lord, I don't know whether I've really finished everything that I wanted to say. Uh, I don't know whether you got to really hear all of what I wanted to say. So I, I go on and on and on and on and on at times. And we tend to do that. But if you look at this, this prayer has only about maybe 50 words. But it's jam-packed and it's absolutely powerful. It's like this all-encompassing, complete package that is there, right? So you know what you what you may not <laughs> you know what you may not say it, but deep inside of us, 
we may feel exactly that, that I better cover all my tracks. So I better say all of that, right? But the word of the Lord in Matthew 6, verse 8, it says this, don't be like them for your father knows what you need. Amen. Your father knows what you need. So does that mean that we should ask or we shouldn't ask? Well, I think you need to. I think we need to ask. But I don't think he needs to necessarily be told. In our prayer, we tell him what the issue is. We tell him what the problem is. And we counsel God so often, don't we? But we need to ask him. Let me give you an example. Because the question I'm sure sometimes is, 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 is in our mind. So if, if he knows, then why should I then ask? Now, a famous violinist who had a daughter, and she learned the violin, but from another, from another teacher who was not a very good musician in comparison to her dad. Now, I'm not, I'm not speaking or I'm not using, this is an example of my daughter and myself. I don't play the violin. Okay, so I just want to make that really clear, but this is a, this is a true story. Well, because <laughs> my daughter is looking at me now and wondering now. <laughs> well, so, so who, who learns, right? Was not a very good musician in comparison anyway to her dad. Well, someone had asked the father this. So why is it that you are not teaching your daughter? And his reply was this, why is she going to a second-rate musician? That was what this person was really intrigued about. And so he replied, there is nothing I would like more than to teach my daughter the violin. But I must wait until she asks me. There are things I cannot impart until she is ready for them and comes and asks. So there is this aspect that God wants for us to come to him as a father and begin to ask. Prayer is not, is, is, is not valued for its quantity as such, but rather its quality. It's, how, it's, it's not how long, but how deep it is. Amen. How sincere we are. So we must be careful not to have or be, 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 be stuck on formality in prayer. But the truth be told is this, that we do need form, folks. And this is what Jesus was providing to the disciples, a form. However, without fervor or passion, form becomes a formality. But without form, fervor quickly turns to fever. So there must be depth of feeling in our prayer. When we pray, do we feel, is there a sense of passion? Is there a sense of, are our emotions connected with, with how we are praying? And so as we explore the Our Father, we will, we will, we, we will begin to really uh, delve into it and, and, and see that whole context of form and fervor that is, that is required. So it is important to note these instructions that when you pray, pray like this. So take it and see now how you can take this prayer and apply it to your sins, how apply it to your circumstance. So when you pray, he says this. He doesn't say you must pray like this, but when you pray, you know you pray like this. Consider these, consider these things. So there are six basic descriptions that I want to leave with you about this prayer that he taught the disciples who had asked. 
what they felt to be one of the most important aspects, right? So the first thing is this, that prayer needs to be brief. The Our Father, it was such a brief prayer. As I mentioned, about 50 words, and can be done in under 30 seconds. The second aspect is, is, is that it is simple. It's fairly straightforward for everyone. The third aspect of the Our Father is this, that it is, prof- it is a profound prayer, right? There's great depth in this prayer. And not only in our lifetime, I don't think, in, in, in our lifetime, I don't think we would fully understand and grasp the, the, the gravity or the depth of this prayer. But it is a profound prayer. So that's the third aspect. The fourth aspect is this. It is a comprehensive prayer, meaning it covers everything. Right? And if you look at it, you'd realize, and as you pray through it, you, you realize it covers, it covers, it's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's a full-blown prayer. The fifth aspect is this, that it's universal, meaning it can be prayed in any language without there needing to be a change at all. We don't need to change it. That's how awesome and how powerful it is. It is, and and the final thing is this, that it is the most challenging prayer that you will ever pray. It's... It's what I would classify as not just, be, not, it's not just a prayer in itself. It is, it is actually more of a way of life. As you begin to pray through the Our Father, you'd realize that this is, it's a way of life that God desires for us. You know, it's, it's like prayer as a lifestyle, if I could put it, to you, put it to you that way. So the six things, again, the Our Father, it is, it's, it's such a brief prayer. It's simple. Right? Not simplistic, but it's simple. It's profound. It has tremendous depth. It's comprehensive, meaning it covers everything. It is universal. It doesn't require any change. It can be prayed in any different language, right? And it is the most challenging prayer that you and I will ever, ever pray, right? It should produce in us, as we begin to hearken this, as we begin to take this upon ourselves as a way of life, as the Our Father becomes a way of life, and I want to say that again, as the Our Father becomes a way of life, you know what's going to be produced in us? These are some of the qualities that are going to be produced in us. Reverence, submission, action, dependence, forgiveness, and a faith to believe for the impossible. That's what the Our Father is going to uh, going to going to um, be released within us. That's what the our, that's what the our, sorry that's what the our Father is going to produce inside of us. So there is there is, however, an an amazing pattern that I want to share with you today. So if I get to comp- if if I get to go to my my point, which is your kingdom come and your will be done. Um, if I don't get to do it this week, I'll do it in a fortnight from now, not next week, but the week after. But let, let, me, let me share with you this amazing pattern that you find within the context of the Our Father. There are six petitions, and they are divided into two lots of three, if you look at it. Two, two lots of three. The first three, so the, the first, second, and the third petition. Right? The first three are concerned with God, with God's needs. And the last three, which is from four to six, are concerned with ours. So 
The thing that he's also teaching us here and his disciples is this. Hey, first be concerned about me, about the Almighty, about God's needs. Be concerned about who he is. Be concerned about what he is, what, what he wants us to be aware of. Be concerned about his agenda in the first place, yeah. right? And then comes the second as then then comes the second aspect, which is our needs. And when we have that order and that structure in mind, we find that our prayer life will become something that is absolutely healthy, right? Because the first three things is this: the Father. When when we pray the Our Father, Our Father. Hallowed be your name. So, our Father, your name. Then it says, your kingdom come. And the third thing is that your will become. So, it addresses him as our Father. It brings us, brings this perspective of his name. And then talks about his kingdom. And then says that let his will. So, it's his name, his kingdom, and his will. Those three things is what he's saying we need to be concerned about. We need to take into mind. Then comes the next three things which are really ours, which is our bread, our sin, our depravity in a sense, our failures, and our deliverance. That is the second aspect, so the second lot. So the first lot is God's needs. The second lot is our needs, right? So if we were to now, if you were to close your eyes and if you take, take a minute to reflect right now. So if you reflect about your private prayer times. Do you begin by praying for what God wants? Do we do that? Or we immediately go into, Lord, this, these are my needs. Father, please help me. You know, and, and we go on and on and on and we bring our petitions, our needs and what we want to see happen. But do we go before him and say, wow, you're my father. You're our father. I'm part of a larger community. I've got brothers and sisters. I'm not alone. I'm not in isolation as such, though I may be physically, but I'm not in my spirit, Lord, because it's our Father. So I know I've got a family that I can depend on. Who art in heaven? You're above everything. Hallowed be thy name. In other words, I, I respect your name. Lord, I magnify your name. Your majesty. We begin to declare all of that. And someone mentioned this to me some time ago. Or I may, may have even read this somewhere. That when you are concerned about him, you totally forget about your own concerns. Because he takes care of that. Right? He takes total care of that. So let's go a little bit deeper here with this, with this set of three, right? There is a deeper significance here now. And, and this is how a Bible commentator puts it this way. He says, the first thing we need is from the Father. Amen? So he provides. So now comes our, our needs. Who provides our daily bread? Who do you think provides our daily bread? It's the Father. He's the Father. He's the giver of good gifts, right? The second aspect is this. The second is from the Son. Who obtains forgiveness for our sins? It is Jesus who died on the cross. He says, your sins be forgiven. If you forgive others, you, your sins will be forgiven. And the third aspect is this. 
Who do you think keeps us from evil? It's the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. So if you look at the Our Father now, you see that you've got the Father, you've got the Son, and you've got the Holy Spirit all represented there within the context of this prayer. So do you see, the, do you see a pattern here that is important? So when Jesus is teaching them this amazing prayer, he's putting before them a pattern. And when you actually cross-reference cross that even with the Ten Commandments, you will see a pattern there. But this is something now he gives to, to his disciples, right? And he says this, that the three things that you pray for first... Which is reverence. That's the first thing he says. Do not use his name in vain. Use it properly. Hallowed be thy name. The next aspect that he's wanting us as, 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 as mankind to know is this, allegiance. So the first is reverence, the second is allegiance. As citizens of the kingdom, acknowledge that he is the king as well as father. And the third aspect that he demands from us is this, obedience. Do his will. Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do his will on earth as it is done in heaven. As the heavenly host, as the angels begin to do his will. He desires that we do his will. Yeah. Amen. So now the three things that we pray for ourselves and for others is this, dependence. A sense that everything we have, we want, the food we eat, and our needs, they all come from God. So we depend on Him. Give us this day our daily bread. We are depending on Him. The third aspect, uh, sorry, the, this will be the uh, fifth aspect, right? Or the second of the, of the uh, um, second lot of threes. So the, the, the first, the first, the first uh, of the second lot is dependence, a sense that everything we need comes from him, so we rely on him. And the second aspect is forbearance, that we might be forgiving of others as well as receiving forgiveness from him for ourselves. So we forgive others, but we also receive forgiveness for ourselves. And the third aspect that he will do when he wants for us, and which we need, is deliverance. Deliverance from evil that we need every day of our lives. Amen? We need deliverance. So as we look at this, so the six things that we, that we get out of the Our Father, as we look at that pattern that I just shared, right? The Father's needs, our needs, right? And as we look at that, we go a step deeper. We look at... When we look at the Father's needs and when we look at the first part of the prayer, we're looking at what Jesus is teaching us is this, have reverence. Develop the sense of reverence towards God, towards your Father. Develop a sense of allegiance, that you are part of a kingdom. Develop a sense of obedience, meaning do His will. Let His will be done. Then He comes and He begins, and then we begin to pray for our needs, and we pray for the needs of others as well, where He says then that depend on Him. So our dependence is on Him. Give us this day our daily bread. Our forbearance then. We forgive others as, 
as God forgives us, we forgive others, right? And the, and the sixth aspect is deliverance, that we are delivered from evil. And as I, and as I, as I conclude our message today, praise God, if we take the second part of the prayer, right? The second part of our prayer, which is, which is personal, which is our needs. And as we apply this to ourselves, we will really come across just an amazing pattern. So today, what I'm hoping to really bring across to each one of us in this 20, 25 minutes that we've had is this, is for us to see that this prayer has an amazing pattern there, has, a, has an amazing structure. And then as we look at that, this structure is a freeing structure. It is not meant to cause us to be bound, but it is an all. It, it, is, a, it is like, it is a complete package, right? So the interesting pattern here is this, as it continues to unfold is, what does the daily bread mean? It deals with the present, isn't it? Give us this day our daily bread. The second aspect is forgiveness of our sins, our trespasses. It deals with the past. And when we pray, deliver us from evil, it deals with the future. So all of life is contained in this amazing prayer that Jesus teaches his disciples. It's all just packaged in just these few words and it brings the whole of life to Father to the Son and to the Holy Spirit so how amazing is this prayer in just 50 words so for those who feel uncomfortable you know what I I can't pray long prayers it's okay God doesn't expect that of us He's looking for the quality. He's looking for the depth of your prayer. Not the quantity as such, folks. So apply this to yourself. So again, Jesus' assignment is that we pray, Father, your kingdom come on earth. It is our Savior's way of saying, just as you have welcomed the Father's rule in your hearts, now extend that kingdom rule in prayer. Point to earth's needy places and invite heaven's forces to break hell's strongholds and bring hearts home and nations into his freedom. Nations into his freedom. Hallelujah. You may have your emblems, you know, as part of your communion today. And what I want us to do is this, that as we partake of our communion, I want you and I to consider this too. Take a moment and, and, and really begin to reflect. That this is, this is a prayer that can't be prayed by anyone and everyone. It can only be prayed by those who know him. Because I can't go and, for instance, call Simon's dad my father. 
I can't go to Rachel and say, Rachel, I'm going to call your dad my father because I don't have that relationship. But Olivia, she can call me father because there is that relationship there. So if you don't know Jesus personally, you can never call God your father. But he comes to create a way for you and I to now be reconciled back to the Father. And what we're about to partake is a reminder to us that there is a way to the Father. And the way to the Father is to embrace what happened at the cross. It's to embrace forgiveness from the one who died on the cross for you, for the Son who came, He died on the cross for you. He not only died, He resurrected. And He not only resurrected, He said that I will send to you a helper to remind you and to guide you in all truth. And so today as He guides us into the truth of this amazing prayer, let's come to the table and begin to share of our dependence on the, on, on, on the Father who gives us His daily bread, who forgives us our sins, and who delivers us from the evil one. So as we partake of the bread, as we partake of the cup, do you know what we're doing? We're proclaiming that He's coming again. But we're also saying, for thine is the kingdom, the glory, and the power forever and ever. Amen. So let's partake of the bread together. Thank you for the bread, Lord. Thank you for the bread that reminds us of your body that was broken for us. And Lord, now I want to thank you for the cup, the cup of the new covenant. It reminds us of your grace and of your blood in Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Friends, we'd love to do a song before we end, but time has suddenly slipped us where there was still a, I'm sure that I'm sure this was still a miracle that we managed to finish by 11 hallelujah <laughs> praise God so I, I still want to revel in that miracle and not uh, lengthen this any further so folks we want to bless you we want to encourage you this morning um, if you haven't uh, um, you know if you're available at 2 p.m. today. I think there's still space left. There are four spaces left for our 2 p.m. service. And if you want to come and be with the rest of your brothers and sisters so that you and I, so that you can join us and actually pray our Father because you've got everyone else there as well with you. Amen. So we want to bless you. We trust that His face is going to shine, continue to shine upon you. And we pray that through this time that you will encounter more of him because this is a month of November. So as you look into the Our Father, there is so much more about the Our Father that meets the, that meets the eye. And I hope you've gleaned that this morning. Hallelujah. So remember, folks, remember church, be about his needs. Right? Share of your allegiance to him, your reverence to him, and see him come and provide for you in ways that's just going to blow your mind. 
We bless you in Jesus' name. Go in the peace of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.